Welcome to an inspiring message from Pastor John Cameron, lead pastor of Arise Church in New Zealand. We know this message will encourage, inspire, and empower you. Psalm 91 is our text for today. Psalm 91. And I said it this morning, I want to say it again tonight, that it's prefaced the translators of the Bible, the Bible that I'm reading from, when they described this psalm, this chapter of the Bible, they called it, they themed it, safety of abiding in the presence of God. The psalmist is writing about safety of abiding in the presence of God. And in Psalm 95 verse 1, he said, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. I said it this morning, I just want to touch on it tonight, that there is mystery to our faith. Let's never take the mystery out of Christianity. Christianity is not about I found God and I have no need to now seek Him. It is I have found Him and now I devote my lifetime to seeking Him. That's what it means to be a follower of Jesus. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Abide, live, abide, dwell, abide, make His home, her home, under the shadow of the Almighty. The presence of God is going to be around my life, over my life, and that's my home, is in the presence of God. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him will I trust. Let's pray. Lord, turn up in this place. Do something amazing in our lives. Do what only You can do. I am completely dependent upon You. Not by might, not by power, not by John's yelling. I can't pop veins and bring Your presence. But Lord, You can come into this room and miracles can happen. Lives can be changed. The power of God can be poured out. And so I ask You, come Holy Spirit and have Your way. If you believe God's about to do something in these rooms, why don't you give God about three seconds of praise? Come on. Come on, praise Him. Praise Him. We praise You, God. We bless Your name. We love You and we celebrate You. All right, set a high five with three more people and say, this is it. And why don't you grab a seat? Thank you, Noel and Scott. I want to take the first couple of minutes and just revise my intro from this morning. And then everything I have after that is brand new content. But tonight, this morning, I started my message by highlighting for you that there are two key moments that defined my early journey of following after Jesus. My Christian journey really began from two key moments, 16 months apart. The first of those was when I gave my life to Jesus Christ, when I found a personal relationship with God. I was 18 years old when I walked in the doors of a church for the first time in my teenage years. I hadn't been to church in a long time. I rolled in the doors of the church because my father gave me a suit. I rolled into church wearing a double-breasted Pierre Cardin suit had brogue shoes, brand new suit, nice tie, brogue tie, walked in a body colored, you know, floral tie, I can't remember the, the word, paisley, that's the word I'm looking for, wearing a paisley tie and sporting a mighty fine mullet. 
Except I have very thick hair, so mine was kind of like a cross between an afro and a mullet. I call it the frullet. Brought into church, people didn't know what I was. The hair said the world, the suit said the Lord. People were confused. Is this, the, is this someone who needs salvation or is this the guest speaker? The church service was not in any way relevant for me. There are old women with ribbons going up and down aisles. If you're over the age of 35, you may know what I'm talking about. If you're under the age of 35, you have been spared a sight you can never forget in all your life. I was like, these people are strange. This environment is weird. The worship leader was wearing a toupee. I didn't know that. All I did know was that during one of the worship songs, his hair, as he swayed from side to side, fell down over one ear. I thought maybe I'd had something strange the night before. But as people were standing in that church service and their behavior was unfamiliar to me and the songs were new and the environment was weird, the truth is, my friends, what I couldn't deny was that they were lifting God up and something was coming down. And I knew that they had something that I didn't have in my life. I knew that God was moving in that place. More important than their behavior was a true presence of Jesus. And I could sense Him around me. And it started a journey that led me to four weeks later saying yes to Jesus. And then I continued on in my relationship with God. And it was like for me, the closer, or the more I learned about God, the more hungry I got for Him. So after 16 months of being a Christian, I went to a conference for six days where Winky Prattney was preaching on revival. And on the Thursday night of the conference, 35 minutes into Winky Prattney's sermon, I felt a wind come rushing through that auditorium. Every window was closed, no curtains were moving, but undeniably, I had sensed the wind, and some, it wasn't just a wind that touched me on my body, it was a wind that awakened a sense of expectation on the inside of me. The Bible says on the day of Pentecost, there came the sound like a rushing wind. I knew God was moving. I knew this would be a special night for me. At the end of his message, I stood to my feet with hundreds of others, professed my love for God, confessed my sins before God, and the presence of God just came washing over my life in wave upon wave upon wave. For 30 minutes, I stood there with my hands lifted towards heaven. That's a miracle alone. 30 minutes, these hands went straight plastered to the ceiling, but the very presence of Jesus just washed over me and over me, empowering me and filling me and envisioning me and freeing me and delivering me and inspiring me and illuminating heaven to me. And the truth is, it would be unfair or duplicitous or somehow not forthright if I didn't tell you that my Christian life is about two moments. Not just about the moment when I said yes to Jesus on an altar. That moment saved me. But the second moment was when the Holy Spirit came to my life in power. And that moment empowered, inspired, and really brought life and freedom to me. And if there is one thing that the Bible bears out to be true, it is that God is wanting you and I to abide in the presence of God. God is wanting you and I to be filled with the presence of God. God doesn't want us living our lives with just a faith that is intellectual. With a relationship that is only one way. When we lift God up, His presence comes down. And God is wanting you and I to abide in the presence of God. 
We were designed to be filled with the presence of God. We are triune beings. We are body, soul, and spirit. And the Spirit of God comes and takes His home in our lives when we say yes to Jesus. And our spirit that is dead without Christ comes alive when the Holy Spirit makes His room in our hearts. Yes, that is worthy of praise. But even beyond that, the Bible says Jesus breathed on His disciples and said, receive the Holy Spirit. But then we jump over a couple of pages and He says, don't leave Jerusalem until you receive the power of the Holy Spirit. And then the Holy Spirit came to them. And if you read on in the book of Acts, you will find person after person after person of whom it is described. Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit. Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit. This guy, filled with the Holy Spirit. And this is what God wants for us. He wants us to abide in the presence of God. He wants us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Every person is designed to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And we are all called to abide in the presence of God. Abide, abide. It's an old word. The old saints, when I grew up in church, because I'm not young anymore. You don't believe me, that's good, I like it. But they used to talk about abiding. It means to live in the presence of God. Make your home in the presence of God. Sometimes I think we've got to bring back some old words because if we don't, it sort of feels like the new ones don't have the same texture to them. And as Christians, we're supposed to abide in the presence of God. It means that we live our lives in this world. We go to uni lectures. We turn up to work. We have a home that we live in, but we also have a dual reality. Wherever we go, we can carry the presence of God. No matter what is going on in our lives, we can step into the presence of God. No matter what circumstances may be, the psalmist wrote and he said, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. He's saying I'm abiding in the presence of God. God is with me. God is around me. It was the abiding presence of God that led these saints in the book of Acts to speak to people and say, You are full of all witchcraft and all deceit and now you will be blind for a time. And a man stood there who was a sorcerer and suddenly scales came upon his eyes and he couldn't see. It was being filled with the Holy Spirit that caused Philip, one of the early deacons of the church, as he was about to be stoned, to not with marijuana, I'm talking about that, probably going to lose it, she gets shouted down in the referendum, but anyway, with rocks, as they're about to stone him with rocks, he said, I see the heavens opened. How can you be in such a difficult situation, yet you're not speaking of the rocks that are in your accuser's hands, but you're speaking of the heavenly environment that is around you? See, God doesn't just want you aware of pressure, of circumstances. God wants you aware of His presence. God doesn't just want you rolling through life fearful of what is coming or doubting what the future might hold or overwhelmed by the things that are around you. God is wanting you to walk through every moment filled, infused, awakened, and empowered by the abiding presence of God in your life. Come on, if you believe that, give God some praise in this auditorium. We need the abiding presence of God. And for us in our lives, my friend, what it means to abide in the presence of God is it means that we are going to practice God's presence. 
draw close to God's presence. I've been a Christian now for a little while, and I've spent my Christian life practicing the presence of God. And now for me in my life, the presence of God is something that just seems so available in just the huge majority of my life. I can step into His presence. I've learned. I've learned how to look for God. I can stand in any moment of time and just in my heart, I can be looking for the Lord and find His presence right there. It wasn't always like that, but I've learned it. I've practiced His presence. I've, I've developed an abiding with the Lord. I've learned how to connect with Him. What has to change in me in order to draw closer or become more aware of God's presence that is around me? Because sometimes you can be in any moment of your life and what you really need is the Lord, but there can be things in you that are counter to His presence. Anybody got like a, a sweatshirt they're not wearing? Throw it up. Let's go with Christopher's one because it's the better color, but I love you, man. Quick, quick, Chris, just throw it. Quick, you got it. Don't worry. Don't worry. That is it. Color doesn't, inside out's fine. The Bible says about Jesus that when he was baptized, the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. It said it laid upon his shoulder. Do you know the Bible never records the dove leaving? I like dogs because you tell them what to do and they do it. But if we want to go from solid to flighty, we go from dog, solid, to cat, flighty, to bird, extremely flighty. The Holy Spirit is described as a dove. Wherever you go, you're carrying the dove. It changes the way you think. It changes the way you enter spaces. See, because if you rush, you'll lose the dove. If the environment is not conducive, you lose the dove. People say to me sometimes, what kind of music do you listen to, John? And I say, well, if I'm preparing to preach, I want the presence of God, so I listen to praise and worship music. If I'm trying to plan and dream, I want the presence of God, so I listen to praise and worship music. If I want to relax, then I want the presence of God, so I listen to praise and worship music. It's not that I don't believe in secular music. It's that just that in the vast majority of my life, I want the presence of God. I want the dove. I want the dove to be at home. I want the dove to feel like he can abide. I want the dove to dwell. So we've got to learn to practice the presence of God. We've got to learn to abide in the presence of God. And in our lives, in fact, in the service tonight, I want to talk to you about how you can abide in the presence of God. And if we're going to learn to abide in the presence of God, then the first thing that we need to realize is that it involves moments of encounter. I described for you that moment when I was 19 years old and I stood in that conference and waves of God's presence came rushing over me and over me and over me. What I didn't tell you was that on the Saturday night of the conference, the conference was six days long, and on the Saturday night, a bunch of us really spiritual people decided to have our own prayer meeting, and we went to this prayer meeting, 
And then again in this prayer meeting, the moment that we started praying at half past 10, what had happened on Thursday night happened again. And the presence of God just began to wash over me and over me and over me. And I knelt in God's presence and I worshiped in God's presence. And we prayed for what I thought was 30 to 40 minutes. And then when I opened my eyes and looked at my watch, it was half past two in the morning. We've been praying for four hours. The Bible says that a day with the Lord is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day. In other words, when you're in the presence of God, it changes your relationship with time. And that moment, it set me alight. That encounter started my journey with Jesus. But I need you to understand, as powerful and as life-changing as that moment was, it was my first, but it wasn't my last. And this is where Christians miss it because they have a moment and then they forget about the moment. My next moment that I remember, I was 21 years old, Leo Hansen, who's preaching here in two weeks, I think three weeks time, pastor from Christchurch, was preaching at my youth camp and he preached the message about Joseph and how what others meant for harm, God intended for good for what is now being accomplished, the saving of many lives. And in one meeting, I had an encounter with God where God just dealt with all the pain of my teenage years and set me free and gave me a vision for reaching young people, which I've been doing literally for the rest of my life. And I want you to know that that moment was powerful too. And then I go forward in my life and I remember the next moment and then the next next moment. Over the summer that we've just had, I had to work my way through some pretty deep exhaustion. About October, I just started to spiral down in terms of my health. And for the summer period, I was just really at the wall and didn't have a lot of energy at all. And very grateful for Shelley Garworth, who comes to our Wellington campus, who's one of the leading nutritionists in New Zealand, who got me back on my feet so very quickly. But over the summer, there was a lot that I couldn't do. Like I couldn't, I couldn't, do things on holiday. I had to just sit there and be bored, and I hate that. I'm an active relaxer, and I, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't engage in a whole lot of activity. I miss church services. I hate that. I'm a church junkie. I'm an every morning, every night Christian. I have been my whole life. I always will be till they drag me out of here and put me in a rest home. Rest home. I ran out of breath. But the favorite, yeah, that's a sign of, shut up, you eat, you mean people. Ran out of breath. I'm fitter than half of you out there. But in the, in the first two weeks of December, I missed our staff camp, which for me is like the favorite thing that Arise Church does. And I was like, Lord, if I'm too tired, if I'm, if I'm too unwell to go to the staff camp, then I'm not gonna waste this time, I'm giving it to you. So all my family are away, my kids are there, my wife is there, all of the rest of the staff, all their children are there, they're all posting. I had to delete Instagram, I was just getting depressed. <laughs> but while I was alone, I'd just wake up and I would just pray, read my Bible, put on worship music. I remember on the second night that I was alone, just the power of God just came into our home and for the next three hours, I was just in the presence of Jesus. Just being overwhelmed again and again and again. And then again on the Thursday night, the power of God just came into our home. And for two hours, I was just in the very throne room of God, just praying and worshiping and encountering the Lord. And you know, in our lives, we need the presence of God. We need moments in our lives where we have encounters, where God draws close to us. Our Christian life is not supposed to be just chronological and 
one-dimensional and linear. It's supposed to be punctuated by moments when heaven comes close, when, when God supernaturally is near us and close to us and moving in our lives. And in our lives as Christian believers, it would be remiss of me if I did not teach you that if you want to have an intimacy, an abiding relationship with the presence of God, then you need moments of encounter. If you want an encounter in your life, then know this, God's presence comes when we desire Him. If you want an encounter with God tonight, then begin to desire the Lord to move in your life because God comes when people desire Him. When people are hungry for Him. I meet people sometimes, Christians, who say to me, John, I've never experienced the presence of God. Well, let me tell you, number one, there's nothing wrong with you. But let me tell you something else. I need you to know this, that God is not trying to get you to a point in your life where you find God. God is trying to get you to a point in your life where you are constantly desiring of God. I want you to understand, seek the Lord. Seek the Lord. Cry out for the presence of God in your life. I want you, Jesus. I need you, Jesus. I desire you, Jesus. More important than the finding is the seeking. See, the truth about us is that we're hardwired to think about the destination, but God doesn't. God's not trying to get you to a place. God's trying to make you someone. God's not trying to get you to a point where you found God. God's trying to make you a seeker of God. Someone who is hungry for God. Someone who is reaching out for God. God is looking for worshipers. God is looking for seekers. God is looking for hungry people. God is looking for people who desire Him. God is looking for people who will reach for Him. God is looking for people who will honor Him. God is looking for people who will honor Him. See, friends, here's the truth about God. God goes back to where He is honored. See, many people have had a moment with the Lord, but they haven't had a moment for years in their life. And they're asking why. It's because when they had that moment many, many years ago, they were honoring of the Lord when He drew close to them. But let's be honest. It's not the last time God drew near to you. But the next time you were blasé about it. You walked into church and you weren't reaching for Him. When He began to move in the worship, you were more concerned about the roast lunch after church. Come on, I'm preaching to somebody right now. And God goes back to where He is honored. And if God doesn't feel honored, He doesn't abide there. That's why here at Arise, we don't say put your hands in your pocket and keep your mouth closed in the middle of worship. We say lift your hands towards heaven, close your eyes, fill your mouth with praises to the Most High God because we are giving honor where honor is due. We're honoring our King. We're honoring our Lord. We're honoring our Healer. We're honoring our Savior. We're honoring the One who is worthy. We're lifting up the praises. Somebody give God some praise like He's worthy. Praise Him, praise Him, praise Him. Come on, praise Him. Honor Him, honor Him, honor Him. He draws near when we honor Him. Jesus said to His disciples, when you go to a house, speak peace to the house. If it is a home of peace, then your peace will abide on the home. 
But if your peace doesn't abide on the home, then it will return to you. And when it returns, you're just to walk out the door, shake the dust off your feet, leave that house and never return. Let me give you in just an AKA simple form. Jesus is saying, if they're not welcoming of the Holy Spirit, there's no point being there. I don't ever want it to be said about my life. I certainly don't want it ever to be said about a rise church that the Holy Spirit is shaking the dust off his feet and walking back out the doors. Let it be said of this church that this is an honoring church, a welcoming church, an imbibing church, a reaching church, a seeking church, a church of the presence, a church of the power, a church that is dedicated to giving glory to Jesus by welcoming in the power of the Holy Spirit. Oh, come on, if you believe it, why don't you give God about five seconds of high praise? We praise you. We praise you. We praise you. We praise you. If you want an encounter, then know this. God's presence comes when we are expectant of Him. You have to be expectant. Get ready. Something's going to happen in your life. If you want an encounter, then know this. God happens. God comes to our lives when we are focused on Him. The distracted mind should not expect an encounter. I want to say it again. Write it down. The distracted mind should not expect an encounter. Cell phone in hand, vibrating function on. Don't expect an encounter. Pop-ups coming in in the middle of this. Check your Instagram feed three times while I'm preaching. Don't expect an encounter. I'm not saying that to blame you for something that happened five minutes ago. I'm setting you up because God wants to move in your life tonight. God wants to speak to you. God wants to breathe upon you. God's got a moment for you. God loves you. But James put it like this. He said, the double-minded man or woman should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. He said about them, they are double-minded and they are unstable in all their ways. In other words, if you have a distracted focus, don't expect God to move in your life. Trade your smartphone for a notebook and a pen. Or if it's gonna be your smartphone, put it on flight mode so that you can get the most out of what God is doing. You can go 80 minutes without a pop-up and still be an accepted person in our culture. Whack three people around you and tell them that was for you. People who are desiring, people who are honoring, people who are expectant, people who are focused. Should I say it again? People who are desiring, people who are honoring, people who are expectant, people who are focused. These are people who create an environment that is set for moments of encounter. And in moments of encounter, God comes to us and He moves upon our lives. Church, moments of encounter are crucial to the vibrancy of our faith. Without them, our expectation of God's presence dwindles. We get caught up in the mundane and the temporal. We live distracted. We forget the wonder of heaven. All day, Shahan, I've been playing the demo for this new song we're going to release in a couple of weeks called Wonder. Wonder. Your surrounding presence, the, the greatest fragrance. There are miracles. 
infinite wonders. When you're in the presence of God, when you're in the presence of God, you get beyond the temporal, beyond the superficial. If I'm not in the presence of God, I start caring way too much about little things that are trivial and insignificant. Will never define my life, will never shape my next 10 years, will never lead me in a prophetic vision, will never cause me to be an apostle, apostolic leader that would break something open for the kingdom of God. When I'm not in the presence of God, I get trivial, I get, I get petty, I get small, I become focused on things that won't make any difference. Come on, you know that you're exactly the same. That's why we owe it to ourselves and those around us to be in moments of encounter regularly in our lives. That's why I love church. That's why you should come to church every Sunday. I feel like I gotta preach it. I'm noticing too many Christians that are becoming once a fortnight or once a month believers. Tuning in every so often to distractedly look at an online service doesn't mean you get to put a tick in a box and say you've drawn closer to Jesus. You need to enter the courts of the living God. You need to come into His presence. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. You need to come to church every Sunday. And the busier you are, the more important it is that you're there. Oh, come on. You binge watch for three hours, six hours this week. You can give the Lord 80 minutes. My Lord. Who is your God? Netflix or Jesus? Let's be found in the presence of the Most High God. Is PlayStation your God? Is Among Us your God? Or is Jesus the only one who saved you, the only one who freed you, the only one who healed you, the only one who delivered you, the King of kings and the Lord of lords? If Jesus is your God, jump to your feet in every campus and give Him 10 seconds of praise. He's the King of kings. Give Him some praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You need moments of encounter. By the way, we're gonna start next year, one of the first two weekends in February, we're gonna have a three-day revival at the Michael Fowler Center, and you're all welcome from every campus. We're Mr. Rise Conference, and we feel like we just gotta have a moment where we get lost in the presence of Jesus. So either the first or second weekend of February, We'll let you know as soon as we confirm it, but book some flights, come to Wellington, and we're gonna have a three-day revival and get lost in the presence of Jesus. Oh, come on, come on, come on. I'm gonna throw out the last two because I just don't, I want you to get them because they're important, but just grab a seat, grab a seat. I promise, I promise I will actually stick to the next five minutes faithfully. This is important though. If in our lives we are gonna abide in the presence of God, recognize this, it's a journey of failure towards intimacy. Have you got the point? They haven't, yeah. Oh, the brackets are not there, but I put in brackets underneath it, confusion to clarity. A relationship with the Holy Spirit is like any other relationship. It's complex, it's, it takes time. You don't draw intimate with God and overnight you're there. It doesn't work like that. It takes time to establish intimacy. And the truth is being awakened to God through encounter does not equate to spiritual maturity either. It jump starts it. It moves you a lot further down the line. 
but you still got to go on a journey. When I was young and set on fire for the Lord after that moment when I was 19 years old at that conference, the truth is I would pray and I would say, God, send me your presence. And his presence would come. Yet I was still learning. The Bible says about Samuel that God was speaking to him and he didn't even know it was, it was God. And it was like that. The presence of God would come and I would keep praying, God, send me your presence, send me your presence. Little did I know he was already there. The difference for me now is time. Journey. But we don't quit on the journey. And by the way, I'd rather disciple a zealot than warm up a corpse. Every day of the week. Every day of the week. I'm never afraid of working with people who are too spiritual. I love those people. I'll harness you, focus you, get the edge, edges off you, disciple the religion out of you, but at least you're hungry, at least you're passionate, at least you want Jesus in your life. You're far easier to work with than someone who's full of pride, doesn't want to be abandoned to the Lord, is too concerned about outward appearance and what other people would think. Give me the zealot 10 days out of 10. I want someone fired up for Jesus. Is there anybody fired up for Jesus in these auditoriums tonight? Abiding is about yielding. It's about surrendering. Chris, it's about living a life that is increasingly compliant with the dove. It's about inviting God into every moment, every attitude. I think I apologize more than any person I know. <laughs> I honestly think I do. I'm not a perfect vessel, but I'm trying to be a constantly repentant vessel. Keep short accounts. Feel like the way I gave someone an instruction was too harsh? I'll just go back to them and say, hey, listen, instruction was fine, tone was off. I'm sorry. I'm aware of the dove. I want the dove. Feel my conscience prick at the TV program, off it goes. I want the dove. I want the dove. What we need in our lives, church, is we need the abiding presence of God. If you would like to find out more about Arise Church and Pastor John Cameron, visit arisechurch.com or connect with us on Instagram at arisechurch and at johncameronnz.com.